Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello guys and welcome to episode 8, the final episode of series 1. Today's episode is with Joe Tomlinson. And for those of you who don't know, Joe rose to fame by presenting on Football Daily's YouTube channel and has been a key figure in helping the channel reach 1.8 million subscribers. Joe now also presents Saturday Social on Sky Sports and has an amazing Instagram account too, so I can't wait to speak to him about that. And one final thing from me before we get into the episode, if you haven't already, and you do like the podcast, of course, if you don't like the podcast, just don't give it a review. But if you do like the podcast then if you could give it a five-star review, that would be amazing. We've had 12 reviews so far, but we've had way more listeners than that. So I know some of you haven't written a review. So if you could, that'd be absolutely amazing. I think that's everything from me. I really hope you enjoy this episode. But the people are just so nice, so welcoming. And the food's unreal. The weather's unreal. Flew in a little, tiny little Cessna plane, which I don't know if you've ever done, like tiny one, no, like no. 30 people on board. Awful, awful. <laughs> I can only imagine what a private jet's like because it must be horrendous. You could tell he was yeah. one of the most famous people in the world as well. Just people, went, when they walked past him, were like, everybody was like, mm. fuck. And bloke taps him on the shoulder and he's like, do you realise you're sat in the When Harry Met Sally seats? Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Unlock the doors, Bozza. Joe, how you doing, mate? It's great to have you on the podcast. Yeah, I'm good, bro. I'm good. I'm, I'm not uh, the biggest fan of lockdowns. Uh, I, I haven't got the attention span for it. The ADHD fully kicks in after like two hours. So I'm yeah. already struggling. We're only four days in or five days in. <laughs> yeah, you? you're, yeah, I'm not too bad, man. I was going to yeah bring up, up the fact that you're a massive, like, lively character. So, yeah, I imagine you might be struggling with this. Oh, mate, it's horrible. I didn't like the first one, to be honest with you. Um, but it was almost like a little novelty factor. Mm. to be in the first lockdown like oh you know what you get to spend a little bit more time in your own thoughts like doing things you want to do but mm. wow that novelty factor's worn off quick <laughs> yeah. i need to be outside i need to be meeting people and experiencing new things i just cannot sit inside by myself it absolutely does my head in yeah not too long though mate hopefully december and then we're back well, we're back fingers crossed yeah touch fingers crossed, it. Fingers crossed. <laughs> touch it touch it so before we start talking about travel, I wanted to talk a, a little bit more about you, give the listeners a little bit of insight about um, perhaps how you started at Football Daily and then the stuff you do at Sky Sports too. How did you start at Football Daily? Um, so basically, uh, straight out of university, I joined uh, Team Football Daily or a company called Diagonal View. Um, that was like my first uh, job out of university, which is really, really fortunate, obviously. Mm. Um, I've done jobs before, like, you know, classic pub work, like cleaning toilets in <laughs> yeah cleaning uh, dishes and stuff and then working in bars and pubs and stuff when I was 17, 18. But yeah, straight out of uni, my first major job was Football Daily and I, I joined um, Diagonal View, who were a um, uh, kind of production house, I guess you'd call them, uh, for digital media, writing articles for a website, for the Football Daily website, which is uh, uh, yeah. was a thing to behold. It obviously doesn't exist anymore, <laughs> but it was terrible. It's like sort of uh, gimme sport sport bible you know that's sort all of like clickbait yeah. rubbish just to get people enticed <laughs> via facebook not good but i did get me a foot in the door at football daily so when the producer of the youtube channel left um it kind of left a, a void to fill in terms of video making and i had the skills to do that from university um where i studied journalism so i was able to step in and make videos so obviously back then we were only a small team of, of like two and the channel is called Football Daily, but we made three videos a week, which is madness. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we, we kind of went about it that way. And that's that's how I got my break at Football Daily, which is very fortunate. Very lucky. Yeah. 
Massive. So how old were you when you started taking the reins at Football Daily? Well, I was 21 when I joined, but I would say probably a year, a couple of years. So like 22, 23, probably more about the sort of time that I started to actually grow into the role a little bit more just because, you know, I was so like immature. Like look back <laughs> at myself then, I was so mad, so, so immature. Like some of the things I used to say on camera and stuff, just absolutely awful. <laughs> just like rubbish opinions for the sake of having an opinion. But yeah. I would say more like 23-ish, probably. Yeah. Did you always want to be on camera? Not really. When I was at university, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't like being on on camera. I don't know why. I just didn't have the confidence to do it, which is like weird to think now because I, I love being on camera. But equally, I think it's something that you kind of fall into once maybe, and then you're like, oh, you get a bit of a bug for it. Mm. Um, I was kind of interested in writing, written journalism and stuff like that, um, which obviously now I look back on, I'm like, why was I so interested in that? Like, I don't... Yeah it very much anymore i don't really read that many written articles and i don't mm. think anybody really does if they're honest yeah. but overall i'd say it's something i kind of fell into got lucky with and then yeah i just got a bit of a bug for it quality mate and you're smashing it and uh, obviously Appreciate i know it. that you now uh, present saturday social your second season on saturday social hey. for sky sports that's massive <laughs> mate though isn't it that that jump to present a linear show on crazy. sky sports that must have been huge for you that's a crazy crazy um opportunity man uh and it's such a privilege to do it every week to be honest with you just you get to work with so many um, experienced people in such a a tough field to break into because you get to sit there every week and work with a director who's probably done hundreds of hours of directing of premier league and champions league games you get to work with producers who've worked on premier league and champions league games work with another presenter like like smithy who's had mm. years of experience in this industry and how he works and how he interviews i've taken a lot of sort of like interview tips from, from smithy because he's really really good at that and i think he's probably developed himself his little style over the last few years mm. the more he's done so it's just a privilege to be able to work with work with those guys every week really and it also works so well along with Football Daily because it's a Saturday show and, and classically Football Daily is more like Monday to Friday. It's just, mm. just perfect. So yeah, extremely fortunate, mate. Yeah, and you've started doing some of the player interviews as well, which I know because yeah. a lot of the time I'm, I'm the one sitting through the rushes to edit them. What's that been like going around the country meeting footballers? Yeah, it's great. It's so much fun. Um, obviously, I've done it before with Football Daily, but... Again, I'd say over like the last 18 months, I've started to develop a bit more of my own style. I think when I was at Football Daily doing interviews with, with players, I look back on them, I'm kind of like, wow, like, what, who am I trying to be? Mm. I think it's very easy to watch like other YouTubers at the time or other presenters and you look at their style and you're like, wow, they're so energetic. They're in people's yeah. faces. They're trying to be funny. They're trying to do this, that and the other. And you kind of, you almost want to imitate them, which is obviously not the right way to go. But I think it's definitely something you learn the more you do it, that you, you want to just be yourself and just be natural. And that's the best way to get something out of the other person. Because as soon as you try and be young Philly or you try and be yeah. Smithy, it doesn't work. It, mm. it just comes across as inauthentic. And I think that's that's a real killer for like um, a lot of presenters. And it's something I've probably only really learned in like the last 18 months um especially with in when it comes to interviewing players yeah quality mate like i say you're doing brilliantly and this is just the start i, 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 I want to hear all about travel and how travel has helped yes. shape your life man so how important is travel to you i'd say it's pretty important yeah it's maybe not the most important thing in my life just because i feel like i haven't traveled as much as some people my age like i never did the whole gap year traveling around mm. like southeast asia like some <laughs> some people do um but nevertheless i say yeah super super important i think i've learned a lot culturally traveling mm. would be i'd say the biggest thing for me as much as anything else just because coming from exeter and devon um not the most culturally diverse place i think yeah. it's fair to say <laughs> in the world uh even moving to london was like a, a big like step for me so mm the more you experience travel wise, I think the more it broadens your horizons, the more sort of cultures and ways of living opens you up to because down in Devon, it can be quite a, a closed environment. And I, I feel like it's, it's quite an old school um, view down there. It's quite an old school people down there. Yeah. So was travel a big part of your life when you were growing up? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We always used to go on family holidays. Like once, a, once a year we go um, on a family holiday places like turkey and spain like classic yeah. classic like family destinations you always used to go to and um also used to go uh, do a lot of camping uh, which oh, really? isn't very glamorous obviously <laughs> i'm sure people on this show have, have, have said oh these glamorous destinations but yeah i used to it's love nice going to camping, man that was 
that was my number one camping um i'd rather go on a camping holiday in cornwall surfing and like living in the outdoorsy bit yeah than i would at some five-star glitz and glamour resort in in saint-tropez like yeah. it's for me that those were my real best childhood memories is is being on a beach in cornwall with like your family or in like um dart on dartmoor by like the rivers yeah. and stuff like camping where it's not very glamorous but i just think that's the funnest bit i yeah. I'm, I, I'm quite like a people person so i just like being with loads of people and i found that when you're camping and when you're like all together in a rubbishy little it's raining and in, in a tent that's when like you find like real close friends and stuff like that rather than being in some glitz and glamour resort yeah you must love festivals then yeah i do yeah. like festivals although uh i'm not the biggest fan of staying at festivals okay. in like tents and stuff i don't know what it is about it i i like to be able to call a festival a festival and at the end of the day either go to a club or go home yeah um i, I like just don't like the idea of being in a bad state at a festival and then being like oh i've kind of got to go into a tent and like lie yeah. lying some grass it's just not for me yeah, you just never recover. It's like four days you just got to write off. Yeah, exactly. Which I don't mind doing. Like, I just, if I can, I always try and go home. Yeah, clever move, I think. You mentioned it there about growing up in Devon and now the fact, obviously, mm. you live in London. Like you said, that must be a massive, massive leap and a cultural change. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, Devon is such a closed environment and uh, Exeter in particular. Like, by the time I left, I think I probably knew everybody who lived there. <laughs> um, it's that sort of place where everybody knows everybody everybody knows everything about everybody as well so there's like not many secrets in exeter um when i went to university i obviously went to southampton which is was great for me really because it was kind of middle ground between an exeter and a london it's it's a fairly major city obviously huge university city um students everywhere so it's a really nice stepping stone for london because london's like such a slap in the face 100 miles an hour meeting people you've never met before and Southampton kind of provided that stepping stone for me. Because I think if I'd gone straight from Exeter to London, I'd be like, what's going on? And then mm-hmm. bottled it. But uh, Southampton was great for that. Yeah, you've got an energetic personality, which is, I'd say, perhaps more suited to London lifestyle. Would you be able to say which one you prefer between the two? Oh, London lifestyle, for sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, I found Ex- Exeter, particularly past the age of sort of 16, um, up to 16, I loved it. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. When it's like outdoorsy and you yeah. can like go to parks and woodlands and river walks and stuff like that wicked but as soon as you get to sort of 16 to 18 and you start finding like nights out yeah. and you start finding a bit more of a social life exeter runs out quick because there's yeah. like two three clubs there's two three bars that everybody goes <laughs> to so after two years there at like 17 to like 18 or whatever you're like i've done pretty much everything i can do in exeter in terms of nights out and socializing with everybody yeah um, so i just needed a, a fresh environment and london is like a different thing every weekend and i'm quite into sort of like my my electronic music and stuff i guess mm. you'd say so that there's loads to do up here on weekends and nights out so um uh, it's much better for me london you mentioned that you didn't um, go to, on a traveling trip after university is that something that you wish you did no no um like i know some people like that idea of a gap year to like discover themselves or yeah. find themselves is like um i suppose it's like crucial for some people isn't it not mm. crucial but that they obviously use it to find themselves and fair enough like that's that's what some people have got to do but it was never in my mind i just wanted to i just wanted to crack on with life really i didn't think that traveling was going to help me massively over a long period of time I kind of thought to myself well later in life I can always go and do traveling but one of my biggest things is wasting time like I hate wasting time more than anything else it's probably my biggest bugbear biggest fear really is like wasting time which is why lockdown kills me so much but I kind of felt like oh will I be wasting time will I just go over there and then like a weekend be like oh what am I doing tomorrow and I hate that mm. thought of like what am I doing tomorrow I've got to have something planned or like something to look forward to so uh, for me it was just never that big of a deal um, some of my friends did but and they loved it obviously and everybody does it loves it but uh, yeah. for me it was let's just crack on do you see yourself doing that in the future though yeah maybe maybe when I've like settled down with life or like <laughs> when I'm a bit older like my parents have just started kind of traveling a little bit more now they've retired and stuff and that, I think they're really enjoying that so 
I think that could be something that I do. Um, don't get me wrong. I love going abroad and going on holidays and mm. trips and stuff like that. But sort of long stint traveling, I think I'll probably do when I'm a little bit older. Yeah, nice man. Is there a best trip you've ever been on that you could pinpoint? Best ever trip? It's, it's a really yeah. difficult question, isn't it? Because I've, I've been on like, I've been fortunate and so lucky to go on, on quite a few um, sort of work ones, but also personal holidays with like Chloe, who's my girlfriend or my family. Um, certainly growing up, there was some like great times in, in, in Turkey and Cuba. I went to had an amazing time in Cuba, hmm. um, but probably... I would say India was a fantastic trip. Went to Goa with um, Football Daily with Chris and Adam Templeman. Spent a, a week out there with the football team, kind of embedded within the football team and taken around by some extremely um, generous hosts in Goa and showing the culture and the food and the amazing beaches and went surfing in Goa. Just generally, I found India to be absolutely magical, sort of very remote Goa, I would say. It's not like a big city. It's like lots of little villages, but the people are just so nice, so welcoming. And the food's unreal. The weather's unreal. Loved their football. The atmosphere was really good mm. in the stadiums. Mm. They obviously went during the, um, I've forgotten the name of it, but the Colour Festival. Yes. I think, is it called Holy Fest? I, I, can't, I, can't, totally I don't actually know, to be fair. I should, I should probably know these things. Um, yeah, you should actually. Yeah. As the host of the Travel Podcast, yeah, you should, should know these things. But um, <laughs> I think it's called Holy Festival, where they kind of throw paint over each other. Yeah. Um, that was happening at the game we were at. We were very wow. fortunate to see that and interviewed Virat Kohli when we were out there. He's obviously... Massive. Might not be a huge name for British sports fans, but probably one of the most famous sportsmen in the world, um, yeah. to be honest with you massive name in, in Indian cricket and the cricket and cricket as a whole. But yeah, I'd say India holds a pretty special place in my heart. Yeah. I watched that video this morning in preparation and it just looked Did crazy. You? It looked like you had so crazy. much going yeah, on. It was ridiculous. It was so much fun, man. Yeah. Everything about that trip was fun. What was the best moment if you had to pinpoint one? I'd say it was between surfing um, mm. at a beach in Goa and then they had like a beach um, restaurant where you have different types of curries and stuff. That was pretty special or the actual game. Yeah where we went and we were embedded within like the fan group. They have what they would call ultras, I guess, mm. or like they're hardcore fans. Um, we were kind of in there given free reign, also able to yeah, interview Vera in the, in the suites and stuff. It's just amazing. I'd say the game or the surfing. Yeah. Nice. How did you get on at surfing? I'm not too bad at surfing, to be yeah. honest with you. I'm, I'm actually all right at surfing. Yeah. I'm not, obviously I'm not <laughs> I'm no superstar, but I can uh, catch a wave and stay up on a board um, in a straight line, which is, not too bad i guess if you're asking me to do like go along the wave and stuff yeah. go underneath barrels and things i couldn't do it but uh, uh, if you could ask me just on a foamy board just to catch a bog standard wave i could probably do it so it wasn't too bad oh far better than me i'm, I'm sure you've obviously traveled quite a lot with your work i'm just gonna list off some you mentioned russia india yeah uh you went to munich to interview iron robin i watched that whole interview as well i don't know how you feel about that did you yeah. i haven't watched that in so long man i can't yeah. remember i was probably so nervous in my little jack will shit. yeah like, you, look, you really honestly sure look doing. like a different person do i yeah You've come a long way oh, since then, man. Well, that's very nice of you to say. And of course, uh, California for KSI versus Logan Paul. Yeah. So is traveling yeah. with your job something you really look forward to doing? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Any sort of trip like that, I 100% look forward to. Um, if it's somewhere like Russia in particular, yeah. I would probably never go to Russia. Mm. Like even like LA, I might end up going to LA, you know, girlfriend might want to go to LA or something like that mm. Russia very unlikely I'm going to go to somewhere like Sochi yeah um, so when we got the opportunity to go to Russia I've been twice I went for the Confederations Cup and then I went for the actual World Cup but in the Confederations one we were flown out there by the actual Russian tourism board mm. I think it was so we were given this sort of view of Russia that I would say is quite not sanitized but the best you could possibly have almost yeah. it was like staying in nice hotels we're going to take you on all these trips around around moscow so we started we went to moscow and we were taken out and we did all these activities trying food and stuff and then we were uh, taken to sort of like bars and stuff that the locals knew because we fell into the with the one of the guys who was a local so it got to experience a bit of like the, the more authentic side of moscow which is great but mm. it was like confederations cut moscow as well so it's what well, I've never seen a city so clean. It's just okay. immaculate, absolutely immaculate, amazing. But it's almost felt like because it was the build up to a World Cup, they'd moved all of the shit out. 
Yeah. It's really weird. I don't know how to put it, but it's almost like they just shipped up. They've just picked up anybody who's like maybe homeless or something, just like gone, no. I didn't see like a single homeless person there. I didn't see any chewing gum on the pavements. I didn't see a single bit of litter. And it's like, in real life, these things exist. Yeah. Uh, Where are they? Um, (laughs) Which is really weird. And then we one day got a bus to a to a stadium, I think it was, and we traveled to an outskirts part of Moscow. And then suddenly you were like, okay, here's like the Soviet Union end of Moscow. It's mm. like much different. And then we obviously went from Moscow, flew in a little tiny little Cessna plane, which I don't know if you've ever done like tiny one, no, like no. 30 people on board. Awful, awful. <laughs> I can only imagine what a private jet's like because it must be horrendous. Just bouncing about, got to Sochi. And then yeah, Sochi is just ridiculous. It's I've never experienced anything like it. It's got a beach that they've laid out almost like LA, almost like Venice Beach, where they've obviously seen Venice Beach and tried to copy it with the palm trees down there. And it was in the build-up to the Winter Olympics in Sochi. So they pumped probably billions, hundreds of millions into Sochi. And it's got the beach with the, the strip down it. And then in the background, it's got the snowy mountains. So it's like really bizarre setting. And we we did stuff like we obviously did like bungee jumping and stuff in, in Sochi. I got very, very drunk one night in Sochi, <laughs> went really badly, and then spent the next day on a bus being sick into a into a oh. cap that was just pouring through <laughs> my hands. But but um yeah, I'd say I'd say Russia's like a totally unique place that I would never have gone. So that was a classic case of like, thank God for being so lucky with my work. Yeah, what a trip. And especially to go there for your work. That's yeah. everyone's dream. Especially when you work with your friends, you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. Football Daily is like everybody's best mates. So uh, you, when you go there with your friends, you're just there with your friends. It's like, it doesn't feel like real work. Yeah. I wanted to talk about um, KSI versus Logan Paul in California. Yeah. Because on the, it's on this day that we were recording a year ago that you interviewed Justin Bieber. I know. I couldn't believe that. I Perfect I was... timing. Perfect timing, uh, perfect time. But what a trip! What an absolute um, honor that was to get to get out there. It was again very very fortunate that with timing really of that one because obviously Saturday Social had just started and um, Logan Paul KSI gets the Sky Box Office slot, which is huge Massive. for them. And Sky Boxing, are obviously incredibly talented team. We've got some amazing people who work there, but maybe didn't have the knowledge of social media that maybe like somebody like you have, I have, just mm. inherently being a little bit younger, I think helps there. Uh, so I think they saw Saturday Social as, as a vehicle for social media they could put out there, quite adaptable, have Saturday Social out there in order to promote the boxing a little bit. Then me and Smithy could help out on the ground pick out YouTubers, mm. interview people. And I kind of got stuck with the, uh, I say stuck with, I got I got <laughs> given the like celebrity interview role, which um, you've obviously done Vox Popping. Mm, so in like, the past. Vox Popping is not my favorite thing to do. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's any journalists or <laughs> I'm not calling myself a journalist, then, but yeah. anybody's favorite <laughs> thing to do. Uh, but it's, I think it's even tougher with celebs because they're like, you know, when you put a camera in a member of the public's face, they're almost intrigued. They're almost yeah. like, oh, could, could this be me on the news? Mm. But then when you do it with a celebrity, they're just like, I don't want you to be here. Get mm. out of my face. I don't need this. So the role was quite difficult. But yeah, yeah like Justin Bieber interview, obviously LA as a whole is, um, I would say, an intriguing city. Mm. It's not what I expected at all, LA, because uh, obviously when you visualize it you see the glitz and the glamour and the stars and everything and then we are obviously staying in downtown LA and yeah I mean it's the the poverty really shocked me in LA has to be said really really shocked me especially the homeless situation there so sad Mm. um because you've got sort of Beverly Hills and then you've got like horrendous homelessness um Mm the like of which I've never ever seen before one day I decided I was just going to take my scooter because mm. they got the little limes and just scoot around downtown LA and sort of in into like um I think it's Soho area whereas like fashion districts and a few fashion shops and it's getting there and on the scooter I was just going past literal streets of tents like hundreds and hundreds of tents um of homeless people and I'd never seen anything like it before it makes London's homeless situation pale into insignificance. And obviously London's is so sad and horrendous too. Mm. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. And I'd never really seen that on the TV. And maybe that's my own ignorance. Maybe that's just a lack of research. But when I think of LA, I think of, you know, like Kim Kardashian. And of I think of 
Hollywood. I don't think of uh, the homelessness situation there. So that really shocked me. So I, I think LA was a bit of, um, it was both a wake up call and also it was like an opportunity of a lifetime. Yeah. I wanted to take it back to um, Justin Bieber, obviously, because I'll make yeah. this into a clip and I can turn uh, turn it into some views. Yeah. I want you to give a little bit of an insight into how that interview came about. Like, do you have to go and approach him? Is someone going to grab him for you? Is he up for doing that interview? Okay, so on the day, it was me and one cameraman. I had a, one cameraman with me uh, with the task of grabbing people for interviews. So I, I was going up to, you know, Jake Paul, mm. um, Mike Malak, Shannon Briggs, whoever was around that I could grab, I was just grabbing them. I had, I was quite nervous about it because I was worried I wasn't going to remember my questions and you had to be quite specific with how long it was because it was being fitted in between rounds of boxing. Mm. So it would like lay between round one and three as promo for the main event. So we obviously knew Justin was going to be there. So he was obviously quite a big pull and he arrived and we were in the back bit and I just saw him and he was like mucking around with a few of his mates and like they were, I don't know, it was all, I think they were playing with the ball or something like that. And it was backstage. And he, I don't think he was doing any media because our cameraman was just like, oh, I'll just get a shot of him walking. And I was mm. like, oh, if he's there, yeah. you've got to try it. So I just literally got the mic and went up to him. It's just like, look, Justin, can I ask you one question for Sky about the, the fight? And he was like, no, no, I don't want to do any media. I was just like, please really help me out. Um, just one question. And I think I ended up asking like three. Yeah. You know what? Felt like I've obviously like tried to make it into a bit of a meme with yeah. him <laughs> not being the easiest interview, which he obviously wasn't the easiest interview. You can watch it and see that he was uh, quite hard work. But equally, he didn't have to do that interview. Mm. And he was there to have fun with his mates. I think he probably had a couple of drinks. It was nice of him just to say yes. Like I don't, he didn't need to do that for me. He could have just been like, oh, no fuck off yeah um and i wouldn't be able to say anything i can make a meme of him and make a bit of a joke but equally fair play to justin just for doing it because he is without doubt one of what would you say top 10 most famous people in the world he's got to be up there isn't he yeah i think he's got to be up there and you could tell he was one of the most famous people in the world as well just people when they walked past him were like everybody was like Mm. fuck so yeah he's obviously incredibly famous i mean it wasn't exactly the longest interaction but he yeah, he was not the not the easiest interview I've ever had. To be honest, with you. his answers were like one word. Mm. Uh, and when you're quite nervous and he's a superstar and you haven't got that many follow up questions, you're yeah. like, oh, what am I going to ask next? Uh, but yeah, he did it. And um, yeah, at the end of, at the end of the day, I think that was probably quite a good win to get Justin Bieber on spot. I don't reckon he did many other media's that day. You mentioned it there, but do you get nervous with that? Yeah. Yeah, so anxious, man, about mm. that sort of stuff. When, especially when I'm in an environment I don't know. Like I know quite a bit about boxing, but not to a football level. Like if you put me in a football environment, I think I could. Even if I had ten minutes of the player with no prep, I think I could bullshit my way through a, mm. an interview with a footballer because I've got probably better knowledge than your average Joe on a Premier League player. Um, Whereas boxing, I don't think I do. I think I am the average Joe of knowledge. So if I was put there with a boxing person and said, right, you've got five minutes to just interview him, I would would probably panic a little bit. So I was super nervous. And you just get even more nervous the bigger the person's name is. So when it's somebody like Bieber, you're like, oh my Lord, like this is a very nerve-wracking experience. How do you look back on that interview? Obviously a massive name, but like you said, you didn't manage to get a whole lot out of him. Where does that rank in your career? Is it perhaps a highlight or? I wouldn't say it's like a a low light, that's for mm. sure, because I think I definitely tried my best and that's all you can do. Having watched it back, I would probably have approached it slightly different now. Even 12 months on, I feel mm. like my interview style is a lot more relaxed and a lot more patient. <laughs> Whereas back then I was kind of like, ah. <laughs> um, so I think it isn't a low light. Probably not a highlight though either. And yeah. something that I'll look back on in, in years to come and be like, oh dear, look <laughs> at the state of how, how young I am there. Yeah. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Nice. I want to talk about a different part of LA and uh, Venice Beach. Obviously, you said that you mm. grew up in Devon. Beach is a massive part of your childhood. Where does it rank in terms of the best beaches you've ever been on? Oh, what a question. What a question. Not particularly high. Mm. Not particularly high. There's a lot of Cornish beaches that trumpet 10 times over. But it's obviously very picturesque. It is very picturesque. And like the sunset there it is phenomenal. But it's a little bit dirty. Mm. there's like a lot of not such nice people there i didn't find it was a very nice vibe from from people there sort of like quite judgy both in in terms of like a high level and a low level like i feel like there was influences everywhere like instagram models looking at you and going like oh what are you dressed like mm. they're also people who were struggling to survive being like oh you're here with cameras and stuff what are you doing so i found myself kind of quite caught in the middle i i just didn't it wasn't my favorite beach I've ever been to yeah. that way, but it's obviously very picturesque. You can see why sort of all the influencers are there taking photos and that, but it's like, again, like it's almost the perfect example of LA because you've got all of the huge, huge, like high end people walking down with like Gucci and Balenciaga on. And then you've got people that are like sh- struggling to survive, um, which is just so sad to see. So it's, it's a bit of a shock again, Venice beach has to be said. Mm. And it's the sort of place that I look back on now and think, would I go there again? I don't know whether I, I would go and seek out a trip to Venice Beach. When it comes to booking holidays and trips away, would you say that you're mm. more of a beach person or a city break person? Uh, beach, beach. I love a beach. Um, but in, in recent years, it's been more city breaks just because uh, of like time constraints, not mm. being able to go on sort of like two weekers, being able to go on sort of a quick four day, five day away is like the current thing me and my girlfriend do a lot so we've been doing a lot of that and i've had some unreal city breaks recently what is your favorite city then <sighs> london's my favorite city flat out yeah. in the world definitely closely followed by new york new yeah. york for me was one of the best places i've ever ever been to i loved every second of being in new york the pace the people the food mm. the music everything about it i thought was so good it was my first time going and it was last year so mm. i just loved everything about everything about new york i was going to bring that up because on your instagram there's a picture of you at tom's diner eating some pancakes does that bring yeah. back some positive memories yeah man the food is so good there like uh yeah tom's i went to uh cats yep. delicatessen which is obviously like well-renowned and it's actually so weird so we, we go into cats me and chloe mm. and uh you obviously you take your ticket and you go around to get your food and you're looking for somewhere to six it's quite it's it's well-renowned cats there's yeah. like loads of people there so we just sit down at this table and we're just like eating and we've probably been there like 20 minutes and bloke taps me on the shoulder and he's like do you realize you're sat in the when harry met sally seats 
Yeah. Which is obviously the like the the seat everybody wants to sit in. There's yeah. like the queue and there's the big arrow that's like the Harry Met Sally famous <laughs> orgasm seat. Yeah. Uh, and we just didn't have a clue. We literally just sat down in these mm. random seats eating our sandwich. And it took like somebody to say, by the way, this is where when Harry Met Sally was filmed, you're sat in the seat. So we would never have even realized that. We just like Googled best places to eat in New York or places you can't miss in New York or something. And that was obviously right up there on the list. And I think we'd just been shopping before that. So we got so lucky. It's absolutely ridiculous. And like the bloke behind me was a Hollywood director of some kind. And I think he, he directed, what had he directed? I can't remember. I can't remember, but he was Hmm. rattling off these films. And I was like going to come with like, it's like behind me, it's like an absolutely massive name director. Yeah. <laughs> and he like turned around, tapped on the shoulders, like, yeah, you're sat in the red Harry Met Sally seat. Amazing. Ridiculous. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously food is a massive part of why people go to New York. Mm. Do you have any hidden yeah. gems, maybe a pizza place you went oh. to that stands out and you'd recommend? Do you know what? There was one. <laughs> there was one. I'm going to have to go on my phone yeah, to yeah, find course, out man. the name of it because I've forgotten the name of it. And I'll shout out Dave Horner here. Because Dave Horner is the king of food restaurants in City Breaks. He Mm. has a spreadsheet with, like, say New York is one of the tabs on his spreadsheet. And it will list the names of the restaurants, a star rating, the best time of day to go, the food served, like, to that level. It's honestly ridiculous. It's so good. Um, he's, He's an absolute genius for it. And he was like serving up burger restaurants and stuff like that. And it's just, all of them were incredible. Every yeah. single one. Obviously, Halal Guys is unreal. The street food. Yep. The, the street food vendors, Halal Guys, absolutely sensational. But I think it was Prince Street Pizza was unreal. Okay. Was very, very good. But yeah, maybe Halal Guys. I went Halal Guys like two or three days. It's like the street food carts that are, that are just out of this world. But just everything about New York, man, the, the yeah. vibe in general, like the fashion, the music, the, the the people just class. Do you reckon it's the city in the world that you would move to if you didn't live in London? 100%. No doubt. 100% yeah. New York. I'd love to live in New York if I possibly could. It does remind me of London mm. uh, just because of the pace, I think, where it's just frantic nonstop. So many different cultures there. Um, you know, when you're like walking through like Chinatown or or in Soho or Tribeca, it's just so different mm. each area. And that's what really reminded me of London. So I love New York, probably my second favorite city ever. Wow. Nice, man. Uh, just going back to food. Is it important to you where yeah. you eat? No, not really. Not no. really. I, I like food. I like a, uh, like a hot dog cart as much as I like some fancy restaurants. Yeah. Um, uh, equally i always think that the local food is the best food like in india the curries just never experienced anything like it. you could have a vindaloo the heat of a korma in goa it's like we interpret curry so differently to how the indians do in that we have like a, a vindaloo is a set temperature there mm. for them that's a flavor ah, okay. and they can control the temperature so and the naan breads and stuff absolutely incredible over there or, you know, I, I come from Devon, obviously, we've already talked talked about it. So I quite like my fish. Mm. So like, I also love whenever I go to a holiday with a beach, always eating the fish uh, off the menu. That is like a staple for me. It's my favorite, one of my favorite foods. Um, and like, go and fish curries is, will probably never be beaten in terms of curries I've tried in my life. Would you say that you're a sweet tooth or a savoury person? Uh, savoury, definitely. Yeah. 100%. I'll go a starter over dessert every day of the week. I think desserts are the most overrated thing, man. Like, no, with you. They're so samey. Now, wherever, wherever you go in the world, it'll be so samey. It'll mm. be like, oh, it's chocolate with vanilla. It's like, yeah. oh, I've had that in 15 different combinations in 15 different cities, probably. Yeah. Um, whereas starters and you can find so many different types of food. Yeah. So for me, savory every day of the week. Yeah. Cause I wanted to bring up a photo of you that was on your Instagram of you. Uh, well, there's two actually, to be fair, Go on. of you eating gelato in Italy. So okay. you must love it. Yeah. You must love it. Um, do you know what? My girlfriend loves it more than I do, which is yeah. probably the reason I've got those photos. And also it probably like color coordinates with something that I've got <laughs> on. So it's like, oh, this could make for a good photo. 
But yeah, my girlfriend's got a very sweet tooth. She loves ice cream and stuff. So I don't mind gelato and I'll certainly eat a lot of sweet food, but yeah. savory every day of the week for me, man. So your Instagram is full of photos of you in amazing places. Is there a most Instagrammable place you've ever been? Wow, that's a class one. Obviously, I've already mentioned Venice Beach is incredibly Instagrammable. It, mm. the, the way the sun sets, you've obviously got like the skate parks, you've got the beach there. That is like definition of Instagram friendly is Venice Beach, but it's not what I would describe as my favorite sort of Instagram place. Milan is quite Instagram friendly because you've got all the history there. Same way as like Barcelona, I found to be quite Instagrammable, but I, I, I'll stick with New York as the most Instagrammable place that I've ever been to, particularly you know, on top of like the Rockefeller or on top of anywhere that's got that view of mm. sunset downtown, 100%, I think New York for me is probably the most Instagrammable place. But maybe that's just because I'm from London. I reckon loads of Americans would say that London is really Instagrammable with like the history and the rivers and stuff. You've got some great shots in Budapest though. Yeah. I particularly like the one of you outside the graffiti of the football. Yeah. What was that like? Did you go on a graffiti street art tour? Uh, no, literally just was, man, I was literally um, walking down a uh, road and that was a car park. It wasn't mm. even like a, a, it was an A thing. It was just a car, a car park with this like unbelievable mural mm. of, um, was it, I can't remember the Instagram post. Is it Schindler? Uh, I can't exactly remember. It's, I think it's when um, Hungary beat England in some sort. Yeah, it's the Wonder Team. I think it's the yeah. Wonder Team. And um, yeah, I was just like, oh my God, look at, this, look at this piece of work. Chloe obviously didn't have a clue what it was. But um, yeah, Budapest is unreal. Mm. But like, especially like bars and stuff. Yeah. It's definitely Instagrammable, but it's more of a cultural i know that people go there for the piss up and stuff yeah. and the stag do but i went with my girlfriend and i found it to be quite um maybe it's just the way we experienced it a little bit more historic than um than just bars and ruin bars left right yeah. center we obviously did them as well but uh, there's a lot more to budapest than i think people give it credit to yeah because it's got that stag do reputation absolutely man have you done much of eastern europe um where have i been russia uh hungry um that's probably just about it um mm. i mean i won't class like i suppose you could class it but like parts of germany as um yeah. as quite eastern european uh i found berlin to be quite eastern european -y. and like i i didn't really enjoy berlin when i was there maybe i was a little bit too young so obviously mm. i didn't go for like the the techno scene that i probably <laughs> should have gone for but yeah. um i went when i was at, still at school and when I was at school, I remember thinking to myself, wow, this is really sort of uh, Eastern blocky, very cement, square, up and down, not an awfully pretty place. Um, but I'm sure if I went again now with the hindsight, with like a little bit more experience of traveling and um, just being a bit more adult, I think I'll probably think it's, it's like really pretty because loads of people go there and they're like, oh, Berlin's amazing. And obviously it's got like the techno nightlife and stuff like that that I've just not experienced in Eastern Europe. Um, and just moving back to your Instagram, because I'm not quite done yet picking your brains. You've got, I'd say, one of the most model-centric, amazingly, the photographs you take and the photographs your girlfriend takes of you are really cool. I nail it. Give us, some, give us some insight. How do you do it? Oh, my God. Do you know what? Uh, we always try and take really good photos when we're of each other when we're uh, on holiday. And I think the reason is because the other person takes good photos. If you take a shit one, yeah, you, like it, it, you feel you either feel bad or you're like, oh, I could have done better. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but we always <laughs> like to take nice photos of each other mm. uh, when we're out there, nice photos together. But it doesn't usually take very long. Mm. It's not like we've got like ring lights and stuff yeah. like that. It's literally just an iPhone, like oh, like that, and then. Uh, one of us looks at it and is like, that's rubbish. Yeah. It's just change angle. It's not like we've got like setups and stuff. It's just, um, I think because we follow a lot of people that are very good at it, we just basically copy what they do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's all about the lighting, man. Is it? That's the number one tip. It's all about the lighting. Always face the sun. Yes. Oh, it's something, it's something I absolutely hammer on about whenever I take a photo of my girlfriend or any family members. I'm like, what are you doing? There's nothing worse, is there, than when you give your phone to a stranger and yeah. you're like, oh, can you just take a quick photo? And you get back and you're like, oh, dog. Yeah. And they only take one as well. Oh, my God. I've got to do it right. So even when people like pass me their phone, strangers, I'll be like taking like 30 photos. That's got, you've got to do it like that. Yeah. I'm sure you're the 100%. same. 100%. It's like, so when it's your girlfriend asking you to do it, then... Yeah. 
you've got to do it even better. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's like hilarious the amount we take. It's so funny, but yeah. equally, like it is what it is. I, I just enjoy doing it. Yeah, and obviously from being an influencer, I don't know if you like that term, but definitely don't. <laughs> yeah, from I'm going to call you it. From being an influencer, okay. you obviously have to kind of pack out your Instagram for weeks to come. And like, let's say for example, your trip to Edinburgh that you did this year. Mm, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm seeing that you're kind of taking photos, and are you holding certain ones back, knowing that okay, in the future I'm going to use this in like weeks to come to keep my Instagram ticking over? Um, not really, not really. To be fair. Uh, I just t take photos when I think it's like a cool background or yeah. I like the outfit I'm wearing that day. Uh, I, I like the two general rules of thumb of when I'll take a photo. But equally, I like to post once a day. I don't even know if that's good for the algorithm. I just yeah. like hate it when people post like eight times a day. It's just like, I'm, I'm following you. So I post yeah. once a day just to t keep it ticking over. And um, if I've got more photos, say when we went to Edinburgh, I went to like three or four different locations and took, and I just took some photos or Chloe took photos of me at those locations. I don't want to spam people by posting them all yeah. in one day. So I just like save it as a draft and then post it the next day or in a week's time if I've forgotten to post it, but there's no like plan. I just yeah. do one post a day. And then if it's a draft and I keep forgetting about it, I will do it the day I have nothing else to post. Nice one. Look, we have insight into how you've grown your following. I like it. Yeah. Well, I don't really have that big a following, to be fair. I don't, I don't really know what I'm doing. I feel like I'm just <laughs> guessing and doing like, I do do like 10 stories in one post. That's like my goal okay. for the day, because otherwise I just feel like I've accomplished nothing. Every day, 10 stories? 10 stories, I'd say. Like okay. eight to 10 stories um, a day and then one post. And the post is, I usually, my post is usually something around either like football, fashion, mm. or like somewhere I've been or something I've done or something like that. And then my stories is more sort of like shared posts and that. Because obviously yeah. fashion is a massive part of your life. I know that you love buying designer clothes, a lot of vintage clothes as well. Mm. Is there a particular place that you've been where the uh, fashion of the city has stood out? Oh, and it can be London as well. Really good question. Yeah, obviously London for sure. Like, mm. especially in, in Soho, incredible there. Some of the some of the outfits you see are just <laughs> mad. Um, and I really like people who have their own sort of individualistic style and yeah. I don't really care how other people dress. I think that's class. Milan, yep. particularly, you see a lot of cool people in Milan. A lot yeah. of people that are dressed to the nines, like in proper designer gear. Like when you call my designer gear, designer gear there, it's like my designer gear is like 30, 40 quid for a yeah. t-shirt. Like theirs yeah. is probably like 400. <laughs> so I think, yeah, Milan's up there. Obviously LA, but only in certain parts of LA. And then New York too. New mm. York, uh, particularly in Chinatown, I thought there was some really like cool people in in new york's chinatown um but london I, I i'll give it london mm. i think london takes the biscuit just because there's such a culturally diverse city i think you see so many different types of style be it like streetwear or high-end fashion or um or whatever i think you, you see so many different types of fashion that it, it's really interesting in london awesome man I want to move us on to uh, a place that you could always go back to. Wow. Um, I don't want to keep saying the same same answers here. Yeah. I, I, obviously, New York is like amazing. Barcelona, maybe too. I loved mm. Barcelona and I was only there for a weekend. Very, very cool city because uh, it's obviously got like a city element and it's got the beach. And sadly, I never went to the beach. I didn't go mm. to Las Ramblas, which is like obviously one of the key areas to go because I was there for such a short stay. Yeah, the beach is amazing, is it? No, I've never been. I've been three times to Barcelona. I've never been to the beach, so I don't know what yeah, it is. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I, so obviously I went to um, went there with work um, and I went to La Masia, yep. um, which is the Barca training ground. And then uh, I like trained at La Masia, which is a really cool element. Then uh, we interviewed Eric Abidal, then went to the new camp and that was kind of my trip there. So it was like all football, really. But nevertheless, amazing city. I just thought the, the atmosphere was wicked. The, the football stadium... I judge a lot of cities on their football stadiums and uh, the new camp is a special place, like a yeah. special, special stadium. You know, you go to some cities and you're like, even the good state, even like the big stadiums, you're like, oh, it's like modern, yeah. soulless. The new camp is the opposite. It's like dug into the turf, like must be like 90,000 odd capacity. And I also saw Messi score a hat-trick, which helps. Yeah, nice yeah. man. I was going to bring that up because obviously you're so lucky to see Messi play first of all and uh, then to see him get a hat-trick as well. What's that like? Yeah, I mean, um, 
watching Messi. I don't, have you watched Messi live? Yeah, I have. Yeah, twice. He, he's like nothing you've ever seen before, isn't he? He walks a lot. That's what mm. I took away from it. He's, he's kind of walking around the pitch, and then when he gets the ball at his feet, he speeds up a hundred times. And it's yeah. like no football you've ever seen because most footballers obviously chasing back, sprinting around the pitch. Messi seems to conserve all of his energy for like, moments in the game. That's certainly what I saw anyway when when he scored the hat against Man City. But um, yeah, awesome experience because we were sat like five rows behind the managers as well. Wow. Um, which is almost at pitch level at the new camp. But we had like Abidal and stuff behind <laughs> us. So we were like, oh, we got better seats than Abidal. <laughs> it was like, on the beers and stuff. It was great. Uh, yeah, the new camp's just what a stadium. It's unreal, man. Yeah. So you've t- seen Messi off your football bucket list. Yeah. Is there anything still on there that you want to achieve? The, in terms of travel? It, it could be anything. So, for example, obviously we're coming to the end of the year of Messi Ronaldo. I've still not seen Ronaldo play a proper game. Really? I've seen him play. Uh, I saw him play against Iceland in the Euros in that, in that uh, group oh, stage yeah. game where it was nil-nil. It was just dead. So for me, that's still top of my bucket list, see Ronaldo play. What about for you? Yeah, I mean, I saw Ronaldo. I've seen Ronaldo quite a few times, to be fair, playing for Man United. Mm. And uh, I think most recently, I actually saw him in the Champions League final live against Juventus. Okay, yeah. When uh, Mandzukic scored the over a kick. And I think Ronaldo scored in that game, actually, the Champions League final. That was the most recent time I saw him live. So he was a little bit older then as well. Uh, yeah, still incredible. Still incredible. Not one of the best players I've seen live, though. It's really weird to say that. Like, Messi stands out. The most impressive player I've ever seen play live is Thiago. Mm. I've never seen anything like it on a football pitch, Thiago. Like Cristiano, I've you can appreciate his physical mm. ability and he's obviously so powerful. That's what the sense yeah. you get when you watch him live. But um Thiago, it's like watching a magician. It was like watching a bloke who was playing the game on Xbox. He had a get ball on a bit of string. He could just mm. do whatever he wanted with it. And he ripped Chelsea apart. It was actually last year. Oh yeah. Just uh, and no, it might be. Was it this year they no, played was... the Allian- at the um, at, at the Stamford Bridge game? I think it yeah. was this year or last year. But was it four nil? Whenever they it? absolutely smashed them about four yeah. nil, yeah. And Thiago was just obscene. And uh, so watching him live was pretty special. I also seen, sadly, I've already seen. I saw Mbappe. Uh, yeah. And he's, I feel like I'm a good luck charm. Some of these players because I saw Mbappe <laughs> and he scored four goals in eight minutes against Leon. Wow in like a 5-0 demolition. And I was in, in with like the ultras in the PSG end. And it was unreal. Yeah. And one of the best football atmospheres I've ever experienced flat out at the Parc de France. And yeah, he just was <laughs> absolutely ridiculous footballer. Um, but no, I don't know, man. You know, maybe maybe seeing Erling Haaland. Yeah. I'm sure it'll happen. I will see him live, but seems a special player that I've got to see um, play because he seems, the reason I want to see him is because he seems so unique. Mm. Like I feel like I've seen a lot of footballers do a lot of things, but Haaland's size and his ability with his feet make him really unique. So I'm excited to see Haaland. And is there anyone that's kind of dropping off? It's a bit of a shame I never saw Buffon. I'd like to have seen Buffon. Yeah. In fact, did I see Buffon? I think I've you seen might, you might have done. Yeah, you might have done it. The that. Champions League final. Yeah, I think I have seen <laughs> what we're talking about. Um, I don't know. Yeah, Holland maybe. Yeah. Holland. You know what? With that Champions League final, was that the one where you and Dave went to Cardiff? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what, Joe? I think that was the first time I ever met you. Really? Well, in, yeah. in um, Dirty in Harry's bar. in the bar? Yeah, that's it. Dirty Harry's. It was like ridiculous bar, wasn't it? And Jackson was absolutely <laughs> battered. Yeah. And you had to go on the... You left at lot like nine o'clock to get that train yeah. to go the next day. Yeah. And he was in a bad way, man. He yeah. was hanging out of the taxi on the way to Paddington, like yeah. hanging out the window and then like on the train. He was so drunk. It was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. So um, we spoke about a place you could always go back to what about a place you would never go back to difficult one really mm. difficult one i was thinking about this question when you sent uh, over some of the like sort of ideas for this podcast and i was thinking to myself my worst i think weekend trip i've ever experienced was paris okay which is a bit of a controversial one because obviously everybody loves paris mm. uh, or it's like seen as like the lover's city whatever <laughs> i've actually been uh, two or three times to Paris. I don't think I've had a good trip there yet. Okay. I went with Chloe for uh, like a weekend. It was awful. It was rained the whole time. Like it was so touristy. I felt um, we nearly got mugged. It was not very nice at all. Um, then I went to watch Mbappe. Mm. Art de France was better, but still outside of football, like football in Paris. Awesome. Like, 
if you get the chance to go and watch PSG at home, go and watch PSG at home because mm. those fans are insane. But as soon as you come away from it, I just felt it was a bit flat. I just, I don't know, not my favourite city and a lot of people love it. So I wouldn't be in a rush to go back there. But having said that, I might have just had a bad experience. You know, you can mm. just like sometimes, yeah. especially on a weekend trip, you're like, if one day's bad, it almost ruins it. Mm. So we had like two bad days and it kind of just kills it. Um, so I'll say Paris. Yeah. You spoke about getting nearly getting mugged. Did you see the ball and cup game on the streets? Yeah, man, we did. It was around that area we nearly got mugged. Did you get? Did you get suckered in? No, I can't. I for that exact reason, I don't do that sort of stuff. Is that yeah. I will get suckered in. Yeah, and I know I'm going to lose money, but it was in that nearly in that area, and it was um, it was a it was sort of just like uh, just like grabbed. I think they just grabbed Chloe's wrists. Really? Or something like that and like immediately like it is like a problem uh, yeah. and we'd only been there like two hours i was like oh no like, that's gonna scar that's gonna scar like it surely but uh i'm sure we'll, i'll go back again soon and it will be like amazing and i'll be raving about it my opinion changes so quick yeah <laughs> yeah well if you do, do go back definitely don't play the ball in the cup game because i did that when i went and I lost 80 euros. You're an idiot. Playing that game. How do you do yeah, that? I am. Yeah, for people you know who don't know. You. You yeah, know well, I didn't know. You. I didn't know. I was like 18. So I went with my mate and they're playing this game and they're like moving the ball out the cup and they're showing you, okay, the ball's under this cup. Uh, put 20 yeah. quid down. And then, yeah, if you get the ball, like, correct, you get 20 quid. So little did I know, I'm surrounded by people who are all in on this. Yeah. And they're all like going, oh, okay, ball's under there. You can see it. And I'm like deliberating. Giving the money. Yeah. yeah. And I've gone, okay, yeah, 40 euros. Yeah. <laughs> I can see it's under the cup. It's 40 quid. It's going to be the easiest money I've ever earned. And then, yeah, obviously, lo and behold, I'm, I've turned around to like speak to someone else and they've just switched it over, give the 40 quid over and I just lose it. And I've just got this scar yeah. in Paris. Man, that's horrible though, isn't it? Yeah. I hate stuff like that. Yeah. Like, when you get done over in a foreign country in particular, yeah. where you feel a bit out of control as it is. I just remember being 18. You know, when you're 18 and like 80 quid oh. is like so much money. To the point where you're like, oh, I was fuming just walking around the uh, metro of Paris, just losing my head. I can imagine you losing your head in Paris yeah. as well to a cup game. <laughs> so uh, obviously that's a negative element of travel, but is there a holiday that means the most to you? Wow, it's such a tough one. Um, some of my family holidays when I was um, younger to, to places like Turkey and Spain um, were pretty special. Uh, I beef for when I was 18, I guess mm. means quite a lot. Went with my like best friends. That was like our send off mm. before we all parted ways for university or stayed in Exeter or did whatever we had to do. Um, going to Ibiza with them, that was, that was a pretty special one. Do you know what? I'll tell you one that I don't think um, it's not heralded as the best holiday destination, but Dubai. Mm. Dubai, I went with Chloe, was a pretty special holiday. Um, just because of, yeah, the city's obviously not got much culture and stuff. Like, it's not that sort of holiday. I think if you're going to Dubai for culture, you're not going to the right place. Mm. Uh, like, we just went there for, like, two weeks of just pure relaxation. And it's, that is the place to do that. Yeah. Like, yeah. you will not find many places that are more just sort of like, okay, what do you need? Uh, like, hotel, pool, like, nice weather. It's mm. really good. But there's not, like, loads to do culturally. Yeah. It's kind of, like, nightlife isn't that massive because obviously um, it's a Middle Eastern country. So it's not a thing to do out there, like drinking and stuff like that because of the religion, but you can, you can go out there and have a really nice time. The only thing is it's expensive. It's like London or New York prices. Um, But I found, I really loved Dubai. I thought it was a wicked holiday. I'd go back there in a heartbeat. Awesome, man. And then the final question, we've spoken about your football bucket list, but is there a bucket list place which has always been top for you? Oh, this question, I was thinking about it in the build-up to this. Really, really tough answer. I'd imagine like a lot of people said like the Maldives and stuff, like obviously yeah. like nice, relaxed destination. Uh, where did Smithy say? Where did Smithy so say? So Smithy it? said that seeing the Northern Lights. Seeing the Northern Lights. That's yeah. quite a cute one. What, in Iceland? Yeah. yeah. And okay. same, Woodsy said the same as well. Uh, did she? I'll say um, Chicago or Detroit. Okay. One of those um, sort of, yeah, one of those. Do I have to pick one or can I just pick those two? Oh, you can have two, man. There are no rules here. I'll take Chicago and Detroit then. Like, um, just would love to go and experience some of the musical culture. Yeah. Like, from where it kind of found its roots um, that I love, like house music and, and techno and stuff and really like experience a festival back home where it all started um i'd love to do that or you know what go back to berlin have a have an actual stab at some of the some of the techno life down there i think those sort of places where uh, i could yeah let loose a bit it would be good fun 
quality man well hopefully we can travel again soon and you can tick those off fingers crossed yeah. fingers crossed unlock the doors Bozza. yeah <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming on joe you've been quality man really appreciate you taking no the worries, time no worries buddy anytime top man anytime So there we go. That was the final episode of Series 1 with Joe Tomlinson. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did recording it. So I'm going to take a one-week break now from the podcast, but I'll be back on the 21st of December with some amazing guests for Series 2. So don't go anywhere. And if you haven't already, if you could give us a five-star review, that would be amazing. I'll stop banging on about it soon, I promise. But if you do want more from the podcast, then we've got an Instagram account, a Twitter account, and a YouTube account too. The Twitter is at TravelTalksPod. The Instagram is at Travel Talks Podcast. And if you search Travel Talks on YouTube, I'm sure it will pop up. Well, hopefully anyway. Thanks again for all of your support in Series 1. It's been absolutely amazing. We've reached 15th in the Apple Places and Podcast chart, which was just absolutely incredible. But hopefully in Series 2, we can go even higher. I've got my sights set on that number one spot. And I reckon with your help, we can get there. So if you could keep supporting the podcast, that would really mean a lot to me. Thanks again, everyone. And we're back on the 21st of December with Series 2. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.